0: Welcome to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to inspire you to stand on the Word of God and to help you build unshakable and unstoppable faith in Jesus Christ. your host, Dr. Kazumba.
1: Let me introduce my guest, Bishop Greg, and uh, First Lady Diana. How do you find hope in the midst of the storm? Today with us here, it is uh, Lady Diana. She's written a book, Hope in the Morning, A Journey into Grief. Wow. I just want you to teach us on this especially with everything that is going on around the world you've gone through one of the most toughest season Mm. in your life and you're gonna bring us to how we can find hope through grief. A lot of Christians they think when we are Christians we are immune to bad things. Mm. We were not taught how to find hope even when bad things are happening how to mourn to go through that journey holding on to the hope. Please go right ahead and share with us on this topic.
2: I would love to thank you so much for having us. I was 41 years old and my journey started uh November 12, 2011 and I walked out of the hospital uh, 41 years old. I was a widow at 5 to 6 in the morning on November 12 my thought was that I actually spoke that out as I said I'm a widow the reality of it the night before I was not the next day I was your life is turned upside down and you are all of a sudden in an identity crisis of who am I without this person that I walked with for 21 years and I had to right away grab hold of the promises of God, the things that He taught me when I was a little girl, the things He taught me all the way along, and I knew that He still loved me. He still had a plan for me and a purpose for me. And as much as I can say those words, those were what I was holding on to, but the waves crashed in. Uh, the grief happened, and just because I was a Christian, just because I knew who God was as my heavenly Father, I experienced grief in a very deep way, and i i didn 't want to escape grief i didn 't want to escape it and think oh yeah god 's to spiritualize it, I wanted to experience it so that I could help others. I wanted to go through it truthfully and know that there was others that were out there that were going to go through the same thing or had gone through the same thing and that we were going to be able to um, help one another and I just went through it as uh, about three months in I hadn't really read anything. The one book I did read I read on thankfulness and that was a real key uh, in my journey because I wrote down five things I was thankful for every day. Even though there was sometimes I couldn't even pick up my pen to write in my journal. I couldn't write something down. I couldn't think of anything that I was thankful for because it was so dark. And then I began to write something down. And then the other things, it's like I had faith to write something down. And then four more things would come. And I would see how God was taking care of me. I could see the goodness of God and how he looked after me moment by moment. I, I couldn't even go day by day. I had to go moment by moment because you would feel one way in the morning. And then the next afternoon you were, you were, you were, down again, despair, and all of these waves and the things that would happen over grief. <laughs> and so as I, as I was brave enough, I went into a bookstore in the grief section, which is actually a small section, and I was really looking for something to comfort me. And I actually picked up C.S. Lewis, A Grief Observed, was the first book that I read. And something that was written so long ago. And the words flew off the page, and I understood what he was saying uh, and th- those are the things that really ministered to me, and other books where I was able to read other people's journeys, and it ministered to me, and i didn 't feel alone because I knew that others had gone through this. I would visit the cemetery and I would look around at all of the gravestones and realize i 'm not alone, others have gone through this, but the enemy wants you to think that you're alone so that you're not going to get past this. But I knew that I wanted to move forward, which was a which was every day I needed to push forward. I needed to do something and I I began to do grief work. I began to look at things that I needed to deal with and there was a lot of books that helped me with that. And I journaled all the way through. Mm. And when I was able to get those things out of my system, get them out of my heart and my head onto paper. I found it very healing in seeing that and also reflecting on how much I'd grown, how much I'd grown from the three month mark, the four month mark, as I looked and thought, look at look at this widow who was a two month old widow and look where she is at eight months and 10 months and I was actually able to encourage myself. And so as I wrote those things down, I knew that that I had to share my story of of healing as I went through that. I wanted to help others. That's what I know, a dream that I had, of being able to help others through their grief journey because others had helped me.
1: So you have uh, written another book uh, concerning this First of all, specifically, um, the other book is about what?
2: The other book was called Getting Well at Being Sick, and it was actually um, my late husband who had written 11 chapters of a book of his uh, journey of illness over a 10-year period. Uh, And that was one of the things. when When the doctor told me that he was not going to likely this wasn't going to turn around and he wasn't going to make it which was very hard to hear Um, I went and told him, his name was David, and I went and told him, I said this the doctor said this this is not going to turn around and he had come back from so many things before and he looked at me and he broke down and he said I have to finish my book he wanted to share his story, he wanted to help others And so, I promised him, like a good wife, that I would finish the book, not knowing what that would entail, how I would do it. Uh, And then, uh, 12 days later, he was gone. And so, I put that together and finished it with my daughters, with three daughters, and we talked about how the illness and death affected us, and we talked about our thoughts, and and we put that together and so as I learned the journey of writing that book um, it inspired me definitely to to do hope in the morning and be able to put that together and it's the first year of grief so it's month by month of all of the firsts, the first birthday, the first anniversary, first Christmas, first Thanksgiving, all of those things Uh, and my journal entries are in there so it actually is exactly how I felt at that time. It's not reflecting on it years later where sometimes it can be watered down and you think, was it really that bad? Yeah, it was really bad because I wrote it and that's what it was. And so I find that it was very, um, you, you could see it. And I, I, as I read through it even, I see how it actually, the chapters got deeper because, because that shock was wearing off. And I was beginning to really feel, okay, he's not coming back. This, this, is, this is it. And, and feeling that, all of those stages of grief, which is what they talk about, and definitely um, feeling the loneliness, feeling the despair. But yet, God came in, and it was actually such a precious time with the Lord, because he met me. He met me. He loves Widows he has a special Amen. place in his heart for widows and he took care of me when I, I I couldn't take care of myself
1: What can you say to somebody right now going through something to say hey? It shouldn't be specialized, mm-hmm. but look at it as it is as God would look at it in your own experience What did you do for example? really to help you not just spiritualize the situation. You looked at it, and today you are where you are today. Can you just give us some pointers on that?
2: Well, when you look at, in the Bible, you know, Jesus wept when he heard about a death. He, He experienced grief, and he is God. And as much as you can say and say, well, God's with me, he's with the Lord, but we're human beings and and we have to have that human touch for those that don't know the Lord to know how are they feeling with absolute despair I know there's hope and I can say he's in heaven he he knew the Lord I knew that and you can you there is comfort in that but I was still alone he left me he said he would love me forever he said he would be there for me and he's gone, and so that almost like that hurt, that that almost rejection of he left me. I'm I'm not with him anymore. All of those things I experienced, and yet, and yet God came in to comfort me, and He used other people, uh, and He He used His word, and worship. I I know that I had music that would that would just bring healing to my heart and a lot of it was time you just had to go through it it was nothing that there was people that wanted to take my grief away they wanted me to not hurt anymore and I understand that but in order to it's like when you have a thorn in your finger you want to almost keep it in there because you know it's going to hurt to come out but you take that out and yes it hurts but then the healing can come and so for me I needed to hurt in order to get healing and and i actually forced hurt on myself by doing my grief work I visited the hospital where he died 11 months later I went and I walked around that hospital that I went to every day for six weeks and I couldn't believe walking through there and being like, how how did I do this? Every day, but in sickness and in health were the vows that I did and that I took. And I did it, and that's what it was. But when I went to the hospital, it actually took, I call it disempowering the hospital. Because that hospital didn't have any power over David anymore. Because David was in heaven. Yeah. And I, I didn't have to visit that hospital anymore. And so it actually helped me because in your mind you feel like I know even one of my daughters, She, she sometimes when she was home and he, and he had passed away already, she sometimes felt like he was just in the hospital and she almost picked up her phone to text him. Wow. Because you just think, well, he's just in the hospital, but he was gone. And so that, the shock and all of those things and, the, and getting the reality that this person was not there anymore was, it, it took that time. And so going to places that I know would hurt. Um, it. Um I know that that just sped things along. There, there were some things I couldn't do. I know I, I, was, I was invited to a, um, a birthday party and I got there and I thought it was just for some girlfriends of mine and I got there and there was a bunch of couples there. Well, I ran wow. out of there and I ran to the cemetery yeah. and I bawled my eyes out for half an hour at his grave because I wasn't a couple anymore. Who was Diana? That's what I had to figure out, that I was still worth it. When I would go visit a person, and, I, and Dave wasn't beside me, and I would I would say, I'm sorry, it's just me. So you're dealing with, I, it's just me. Is, is that okay? Do you still love me? Because they loved the Dave and Diana together, and that's the part I didn't understand, that how is Diana without Dave when the two shall become one, and that's the way that God does that. And so there were so many things to learn and stretching Every day, uh, and but as those things, I had a 34-pound um, pike, which is a fish, up on my wall. A stuffed fish was up on the wall, and every time I would walk in the living room, that that was his fish. That was his dream to catch that fish, and we put it up on the wall, and I I had to take that fish down. <laughs> because it was too much of a, of a memory. It was too much, uh, I needed to move on. It was part of my moving on. So I took that fish down and I put up on the wall the word hope so that I knew, okay, no, I have hope for a future. And the hope on the cover of the book is actually what how the hope letters look like. And I still have it on my wall today because I know that I had hope and that God was gonna look after me. And I took that fish off in tears And I put that hope up and saying, okay, God, you're with me. I know there's a different plan, but you're still with me. But uh,
1: what are some of the things that you did uh, uh, personally that gave you uh, maybe three most important things that you did in the morning every day to understand you have hope to an extent you write hope in the morning?
2: Every day I would have the courage, there, sometimes I would actually get up and there would be, I I would, I would almost just have a sick feeling. So, so, I just would have to, if I couldn't get up in the morning, I would just, I would lay there for a little while. And it was a constant conversation with my Heavenly Father. It was, it was constantly talking to Him and having the courage just to get out of bed. The simple things for anyone were were difficult, and so being able to to take it day by day, and like I say, moment by moment, and not um, taking on too much, uh, and so tackling one thing at a time, and and there might be one thing that I would just do that day, and and being okay with that, and um, I also went to a uh, grief group. And that really helped me because I really learned. I, I, it's like you, you don't know how to do grief. It's just all of a sudden, it's suddenly upon you. And so really uh, reading the books that I read were, it was helping it's like I went to, I had to do grief school because I I wanted to <laughs> grieve well. So if you don't allow if you allow grief to just take over and, it, and, it's, and it's just a mess and you're, and you're going, you're, it's going to swallow you up and you are not going to be able to move forward. But I constantly had faith and sometimes I would just be laying down on the ground, crying out to God and just saying, God, I know you have a plan for me. Mm. And putting those positive words and and affirmation, I put hope up on the wall. I put the word dream. I, I, I put so many words, faith, up on the wall as a reminder and had to have those words fill my spirit and say, no, I'm, I'm, moving, I'm moving forward. And, and dreaming and knowing, hey, God, you're not going to waste this journey of pain. You're going to do something with this. You are going to help others with this. Sometimes I would thank God. I, thankfulness was so huge. That, that, that was my key to working through this. and Sometimes I was thankful, actually, that I was a widow because I knew I was going to be able to help others. And there's others that will come into my life that I'm able, they're able to tell me they lost this person or they, they, they are a widow. And, and then I tell them I was a widow too. And I'm able to, right there, you connect right there. And But then sometimes I would wake up and I would say, I hate being a widow. <laughs> because it was so heavy to carry, it was so heavy to carry, and so I would say, I would say, constantly talking to God, thankfulness, and reading other people's journeys, yes. and and my journaling was was so important, mm-hmm. um, and and each step of of things that I needed to do, um, that I that I uh, maybe I could do at the six month mark that I couldn't do at the two month mark. Mm-hmm. It, it, it began, you, you knew when it was time of, okay, I have to say goodbye to this, I have to get rid of this, I have to do this, and, um, and God really guided me and directed me in, in such a beautiful way.
1: So you led the process of uh, grief, you grieved, you went through now. Here is the question, and I think our viewers also, uh, they would love to hear this, because, like I say it, You made a very powerful point right from the beginning not to spiritualize when you're going something. And the reason I keep bringing this up is that there are so many Christians who feel like if they cry, then they don't have faith. Mm. And there's the shame that comes to say, oh, Doc is feeling is not well, then he doesn't have faith because we have been ingrained into the confession kind of a thing. If I say, I'm not feeling too well, then I don't have the faith. So, the way you've said is, for me actually to get better is almost to even acknowledge what is happening and allow the process by putting my faith in God to take me through it so that I can get healing. Yes. Now, what would you say to people right now? They've been hiding their suffering, and you hear this, and this is very big. Christians committing suicide Mm. because they're going through something, they can't come to the table and say, hey, I'm having some struggles because, you know, the shame of being a Christian when you say that is like you don't have faith and you have just learned something from you right now. Mm -hmm. Allow the process. Go Mm. through the process. It doesn't mean that because you are of God, you won't have to go through troubles. Now, I want you to speak to those people right now listening to us saying, hey, just because you're going through something, it doesn't mean you have to hide what yeah. you're going through. Oh, you went through it. What should you say to that?
2: So I know for me, before, before Dave passed away, uh, Isaiah 61... Where he came to heal the brokenhearted. Uh, The the brokenhearted is not those who don't know the Lord. It's for all of us. There's Christians who are brokenhearted. There are Christians who are broken. They have Jesus in their heart. They know how they're supposed to get to heaven. They know all of that. And yet, there's healing that needs to take place. And that, the enemy doesn't want you to be healed. Yeah. And I know for me, uh, I went through healing and God wanted to heal me so that I could be whole. Amen. And that is what uh, gave me the strength to go to do the grief journey and know, okay, I'm, I'm broken here for a little bit. I need to get this healing and I need to do that. And, and being honest with yourself and because carrying your shame, carrying your guilt, carrying uh, things that are too hard to carry of the fact that that but I'm a Christian I shouldn't be feeling this way I should be this I should be that just owning your pain and acknowledging that you know what I'm hurting right now and, and knowing that that's okay and when you're around others and you're you're sharing with the right people that honestly can, can hear your heart you know and I firmly believe in counseling where you can go and you can talk to a counselor they have heard it all before you think you're the only one that has gone through this you think that you're the only one that is hurting and yet there's so many people when you start looking at at other people's journeys you can relate to that and I know just myself being able to share my heart because that's what people did for me that's what those, that's what helped me to grow, and Isaiah 61, he came to heal the brokenhearted. I always thought that that was for other people, and here I God was saying, no, Diana, this is for you. Amen. I you are brokenhearted. This happened. This happened. You need to be healed. And as soon as I heard that, and it was like a sore toe. If you have a sore toe, everywhere you walk is going to be painful. Mm-hmm. That toe has to get healed. Amen. And when that toe ha- is fully healed, mm-hmm. you're going to fly. You're, you're going to be able to move forward and do mm-hmm. whatever because Amen. you took the time to do that. Mm-hmm. So what happened in your past? What happened when you were a little girl? Mm-hmm. What, what happened when, when somebody did something to you mm-hmm. and, and you think you can just brush over it? Mm-hmm. But no, you need to take the time, and yes. you're important to take the time to get the healing that you need, and that's our Heavenly Father. That's what he wants to do. Mm. We, we come into this world with nothing, and yet the layers come on us, sometimes not by our own. Yes. It's other people. It's other things that, that happen, and these layers happen, and God wants to go right to what he initially called us to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Bishop, before, right before we go here, I want to bring you in, this is so powerful, your wife Shelling, on a hope in the morning, a journey, is it the journey, uh, um, a journey into grief. And I like the other book, Getting Well, Getting
2: Better, Getting Well well
1: at Being Sick. I'm going to have to have you mm. back on the show, and we're going to address that. Because you have just addressed so many things, and I believe many people now are looking at this to say, I don't have to hide anymore. Mm. Because the more you hide, the more it is very difficult to get the healing. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. more you hide your situation, mm. it becomes really difficult to get the healing. Bishop, I just want you to look in that camera yep. there you've gone through your own fair share of what we are discussing here and right. uh, what your wife was sharing uh, there is somebody out there right now they are struggling i just want you to minister right now uh, take at least two minutes to just minister to them and speak a word of encouragement uh, 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 uh let's go yeah i think
0: if i can encourage you anyway today is that you need to know that no matter what you've gone through God still has a plan for you. You know, I mean, Diana went through death. I went through a divorce. I thought after going through that, I thought I never could be used in ministry. I came from a, a denomination where once you fail like that, it's like you're thrown out. But but you need to know that God is bigger than any rules. God is bigger than any restrictions that can be put on you. And and we're, we're here as a, as a witness and as an example of the power of a second chance. Yes. Which is another whole book we're working on right now, by the, the way. Power of the second chance. Yeah, that's what it's called. And, and we believe it's going to set so many people free. Because we're just going to be honest. We're just going to tell our stories. But you need to know that, and this is a prophetic word for you today, that whatever you're going through, you're going through in Jesus' name. Amen. You will get through the other side. It said, Jesus, now he got me preaching do- let's doctor. go, let's go. But it said Jesus went into the wilderness, mm-hmm. but when he came out, and if you're watching this today, this is a when he came out moment for you Amen. in Jesus' name. It says when he came out, he was more anointed and he was more powerful and more authority than he ever had. And so you need to know that whatever you're going through, when you come out of that in Jesus' name, you are going to come out stronger, you're going to come out more anointed, and God is going to get the glory out of it. Amen. You see, sometimes we don't see, well, how's, how's God going to be glorified in this situation? But you need to know that somehow... I don't, I, don't know, I don't know all the answers. I don't know how he comes up with it all. But somehow God's going to get the glory out of Amen. your situation. Amen. In Jesus' name. So we bless you today. Amen. And just keep holding on. Keep believing that hope. You know what? Hope in our home is our, is our word. All Amen. over our home we have Amen. hope. Hope, hope. We have signs. Hallelujah. Hope. Because, because Jesus gave us hope. Amen. Maybe you're even tuning in today and you've never even asked Jesus into your heart. And, and he wants to be the hope giver into your life and, and you can contact the station or pray a prayer and, and Jesus wants to come and live in your heart and he wants to give you that hope today you say well my life may be falling apart but you know what Jesus can do it we remember the nursery rhyme yes. Humpty Dumpty was on the wall he had a great fall They couldn't put him back together but we serve a God that Amen. can put you back together Hallelujah. we heard he heals the brokenhearted. Amen. and you know what your heart may be hurting today Mm. but he's the one that can give you hope and he's the one that can come and breathe life into you fresh
1: so that you can have hope in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for watching. I will have Bishop uh, uh, Greg with me on the next program. I want you to tune in again. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord watch over you. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom.
0: Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. If this program has been a blessing to you, write to us at, life at Kazumbacharles.com and share your testimony.